Hello, friends. This episode is sponsored by Ascension. Are you ready to go deeper in your understanding of Scripture? The Ascension app was built for you. Dive into your faith journey and unlock the mysteries of the faith through audio Bible studies, answers to some of the toughest questions throughout Scripture, and more. You can begin your free trial today. The Ascension app is based around the idea of putting everything Ascension knows about the Bible and the Catechism right in one place, along with the Bible and Catechism texts themselves. With nearly 30,000 five-star reviews on the App Store, the combination of Father Mike's Bible in a Year and Catechism in a Year podcasts, Jeff Caven's Bible Timeline Learning System, and the work of dozens of other Catholic experts all in one place, it speaks for itself. Some of our favorite free features include the full text of the Great Adventure Catholic Bible with color coding interwoven throughout so that you can immediately recognize where you are in the story of salvation history. They have daily readings to make your daily prayer routine more streamlined, over a thousand commonly asked questions about the Bible with answers right in the text from experts like Father Mike Schmitz, Jeff Cavins, and others. There are hundreds and hundreds of hours of Ascension's most popular Bible studies and the recently added Lexio Divina feature that offers a moment of peace in your busy day. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or disconnected as you prepare for the upcoming week and Lenten season, you are not alone. The Ascension app will be your one-stop shop for prayer this Lent and will feature daily audio reflections from Father Mark Toops with a weekly video reflection designed to enrich your journey to Calvary. Start your seven-day free trial of the Ascension app today by visiting ascensionpress.com slash app or checking out the link in our show notes. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. Michelle just stuck her tongue out at us. I just want you to everybody to know that here we are trying to like do the show and she's just like trying to be her professional. Yeah, and she's like, eating a peanut butter ball, which I would love to have since they're in the fridge cuz Michelle same. and I are hanging out right now and it's like Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to not offer you one. And so yeah. Okay, here we go. Girl, after this episode. Ball, so. After this episode, I will have a peanut butter ball. So so we are going to continue with our little two-part series on living in the tension. So last week we spoke about joy and sorrow or joy and grieving. And then this week we're going to talk about solitude and community. So our scripture quote for this particular podcast is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 23. And he it says, and after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And a lovely book, a lovely quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer who says, let him who cannot be alone, beware of community and let him who is not in community, beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation and despair. Ooh. So 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No, it's like, we're like, oh, yeah. Dietrich like, hitting oh. it hard right out of the gate here. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Heather, you want to kick us off here? What stands out to you as we dive into the issue or dive into the just the tension, the holy tension of solitude and community and then what we talked about? Yeah, I, I think often we don't think about this stuff with intentionality, especially when we're younger. It's like, well, I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert and we just like mm-hmm. make decisions based on how we feel and what we think we need. And I think Jake and I both, like we're, we're quite opposite in that way. Jake is for sure an introvert. That's how he recharges is in, in quiet. And although I've learned to really love quiet, I recharge with people. I I love Mm -hmm. being with people. And, and I think there's a a lot of things that we haven't realized that we need about both. So I've learned Mm -hmm. to love the quiet and receive from that place, even though before I would have been like, no, I don't need that. And Jake has learned, he actually, sometimes when he thinks he needs quiet, he needs people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I've just seen this develop in our own hearts, you know, as life has changed and as we've matured and grown, we've realized that we both desperately need both, both of those mm-hmm. things. How about for you, Michelle? Yeah, I think for me, like learning the difference, like I would, if you would have said earlier, I would consider myself extremely extrovert. And then now I am like more, what are they, what are the cool kids saying? Ambivert or whatever it is. Like I'm at both ends, <laughs> yeah. but like I have to have stretches of solitude. And when I don't have it, I get a little crazy, but then realizing like, okay, where does community come in that too? Like I'm a pendulum swinger. So I'll go feast or famine on both of those. So just like realizing what I do need, like I realized solitude is not being lonely. I think it's more so just being alone with the Lord Mm -hmm. and really finding communion with him. And I need that. Like there's something we all need it, but there's, Mm -hmm. you know, I need it more than the average bear. It feels like sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's that, but then the power of community, there's something about breaking bread with other people and doing life with other people and having them in your life and speaking into your life. Like we're not meant to do life alone. Mm -hmm. So how do you hold those in tension? is really important. And how do you practice them both well? Because I think they are both a practice, practicing solitude and practicing community well, because Mm -hmm. they can both be like, eh, I just need me time. All right. Netflix and binging is not solitude. That is not the life-giving kind Mm -hmm. of solitude. Like I'm not knocking it. Sometimes we all need it, but like, what is the solitude that fills you up? Mm -hmm. You know, where it really fills you the oil, your oil lamp up, you know, to be in the presence of the Mm -hmm. Lord. So yeah. Sister, what about you? Yes, we certainly need both. And Jesus is always teaching us what it means to be human. And he's teaching us how to love and learning how to be loved. And you see both in his life of community and the solitude. So often, this, like we just read, the scriptures talk about how Jesus would leave the crowds and go out by himself, so much so that the disciples come, everybody comes after him, everybody comes to follow him. And, you know, Peter says, Lord, everybody's looking for you. Everybody wants to find you. And so Jesus is teaching us what we need. And so I appreciate both of you talking about how it's, it is easy to say, well, I, I'm, I'm introverted. Like I don't need other people and, or I'm extroverted and I don't need time alone, but we need mm-hmm. both. And we need the quality time. And I, I think for myself, I, I am very introverted, but I think also there's been a part of me that's been afraid of like the real solitude because Heather, you named it in one of our episodes last season where you talked about how for many of us, silence or solitude meant rejection or abandonment. And so we're terrified of the silence or the solitude because it feels like maybe something that happened to us when we were little that mm-hmm. then that it's a, that means a silent treatment or that means I'm going to be all alone or it means I've done something wrong. And that's not what it means. So I think the rehabilitation of that reality has been very important in my life. And 
the truth that we, we do need both. Every single human person on the face of the earth has a place in their soul that is alone just for God, that no other person has the right to enter or has access to that. It's the, it's the being made in the image and likeness. It's the original solitude, like John Paul II talks about in the garden, where it's our communion with the Lord. It's a sacred place. It's the Holy of Holies. And then all of us in our life also have places where we need other, we need other people. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have other people, but we're never alone without the Lord. We're never isolated or, or in that regard, like lonely. We are with the Lord always, which gives a very different frame of reference to solitude than isolation or loneliness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think you guys are both describing like there's a difference between just being quiet and actually it being a place of communion with Jesus. Amen. And alternatively, I would say there's a difference between just like being around people and having community. Mm -hmm. There, there is a difference because I, I've, I've seen it in the lives of, of other people where they have like a ton of different connections, but they're never going deep with anyone. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm friends with everyone. I'm just like connecting with tons of people. And like, I love the excitement of being around a lot of people, but nobody really knows who I am. And I'm not actually mm -hmm. having depth in conversation and allowing my vulnerabilities to be revealed and allowing someone to speak into those places and to say things that I, I, I'm not hearing from you know, just in my own mind, like things that I can't see about myself and know about myself. And so I think there's this, there's this beautiful aspect of community that all of us need. So introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. We need other people to help us see the things that we can't mm -hmm. see, to also hold hope for us when we are losing hope, to be a mirror back to us, to, to love us deeply, to, to show us things about ourselves that, that we can't see, even sometimes our worth and our lovability obviously we need to find that in the Lord, but, but there are people in community should be bearers of the Lord's yeah, oh truth gosh, to yeah. us in a variety of ways. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think also realizing it, like the, your need for community and your need for solitude, like we've said before, that it changes in different seasons of life. I think it changes mm -hmm. in like when you're raising kids in your home little and you're just like, what's the outside world? Like, like you just need other moms with you. <laughs> and then that, that season changes and your, your kids are in school and, things change and you have a little bit more freedom, you have connection, but then you need solitude. It just, I think it depends on what season of life you're in and how much needs. And like you were saying, sister, like, where's the Holy Spirit inviting you to original solitude? Because the solitude is really learning more about yourself and more about the Lord and, and who you are in the Lord. And that is what it is. And then mm -hmm. I realized for me, I don't have as much emotional bandwidth as I did before. Yeah. And because I love people so much, like I want to know their stories and their things. I don't have the bandwidth like I used to, it feels like, to hold as many people in my life and do it well. And I just don't want to do well. I don't want to do superficial. That's part of the reason why like, I like social media, but I'm not crazy about social media. And I go off and on all the time. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for me. Like For me, I don't have the bandwidth to hold social media relationships well, to respond like and have diatribe messages going, direct messages going back and forth. I'm not a good texter, people. If you send me more than two or three texts, you're going to mm -hmm. get a voice memo. Like that's just how I am because I rather invest in the relationships that are in front of me and then real life people. Like mm -hmm. I love even like relationships, even with our listeners. If I meet you in person, I'm so excited. If you direct message me, I'm not as, it's not that I'm excited. I just don't have that capacity because I'm saying yes to that is usually me saying no to someone that's actually right in front of me. And so just realizing like, okay, what is your bandwidth in that season? And solitude. I was telling both sister and Heather, I usually take my personal retreat in December and I have not had it yet because Chris and I had a trip instead. And like, ooh, y'all, I'm feeling it. Like not to have that solitude mm -hmm. for four days and pray deeply, like four or five days and 
I'm feeling it like, and I'm doing and going on mine on the end of January, but I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. And your retreat isn't like on a retreat with a bunch of people. It's just me silent directed. It is very, and that is usually like my anchor for the year. And it's usually also my lighthouse for the following year. And Mm -hmm. so just not having that and doing it a little bit later than time I I do. It it makes me not feel as grounded in the Lord. And it makes me feel like, okay, where am I? Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm just like, I'm just desiring that time you know, one for just rest, mental rest, but two, just to rest in the Lord. I miss him. I want to come closer to him. I want, it's like a getaway, like with your husband, you're like, you want that connection time, deep conversation, Mm -hmm. deep Mm -hmm. talks, deep everything. And so it's just, but really just defining where you are and what do you need in the season that you are in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is interesting how things change like so rapidly, you know, even with states of life, like when I had young kids, you know, there's the times where they're napping and you have to be home all the time and you feel kind of isolated and then they start going to school. And then all of a sudden you're having all these conversations in the parking lot with other moms. And there's like, it's just so easy to get together with other people because they're right there. You're going through the same exact thing. You don't even have to really try. It's just happening all the time. You're going on field trips and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And then I would say now I'm in a season where a lot of my friends are becoming grandparents and both are working, you know, like the husband and the wife are both working. And so the time for us to be together is so, so limited. And Mm -hmm. that's been actually really, really hard for me. Like, I mean, it's nobody's fault, not at all. It's just Mm -hmm. circumstances of life. And so I've realized, wow, I actually can't continue like this, Mm -hmm. like to have this much solitude. It's, it's, it's been really difficult for my heart. So I've had to look for other things to be able and cultivate other relationships, you know, to sustain like the way that God has made me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just like, oh, I really need this. You know, it's like, no, this is how God has made me is to be in relationship with other people. And so, and that's okay. You know, like I said, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that anyone's at fault from the past or relationships change and things develop and, and to just like allow the Lord to lead all of those things that are occurring and to recognize where the needs are. So for me, silence and solitude, Michelle, you and I were laughing about this. You're like, I'm like, I come by it so easily here. It is so quiet in my house as we only have one at home and she goes to school most of the day. And, you know, Jake's working in his office. I'm like, I have all kinds of quiet, all kinds of time I can mm-hmm. sneak away with the Lord. And that has been one of the greatest gifts for me. And you're in a season, Michelle, where you're like, tell me what that's like. <laughs> you're just craving to have one second, you know, alone. So I I think we, in the midst of life changing to just, uh, again, to go back to our last episode, to allow some grieving to occur of things that are changing, but to also hold it in tension with the, no, this is where the Lord has me now. And he will provide for all that I need. I just need to ask and open myself to what the new possibilities are. I think being okay with what new possibilities are Sometimes I think the obstacles that we have are within ourselves saying, well, I didn't do it like this before, or this wasn't like you're saying, Heather, Sometimes we do have seasons in life where friendships are really easy. And then sometimes when their friendships are really hard and then we condemn ourselves mm-hmm. many times. And it's not to say we don't look at ourselves and say, am I contributing to this? But then it's like, oh no, because it used to be easier. Or, or maybe we move and you have to make a whole new family, like a church family. Or it's, yeah, to be able to be open to what God is, yeah, what God is bringing to our lives now. And there's a really another, another really beautiful quote here from, from Henry now. And, and it says, solitude is very different from a timeout from our busy lives. Solitude is the very ground from which community grows. Whenever we pray alone, study, read, write, or simply spend quiet time away from the places where we interact with each other, we are potentially opened for a deeper intimacy with each other. 
And I think even Heather, that's what you're talking about. Even your own, in your own journey is you're experiencing like a, a, a plenteous time of solitude, but it's also allowing your heart for deeper intimacy of like looking saying, all right, well, Lord, where are you calling me to invest in new friendships or to, yeah, to, to open my heart to new things, which solitude is for the purpose of intimacy as is what real community is, is, is for as well. And there's different kinds of community, but those deep places, they, they bring us to be more, more faithful to who we truly are in the Lord. They don't distract from it. So I think the Lord's always doing <laughs> simultaneous things in us. And like we said, it's living the tension of both. Mm. Yeah. And you know, if I had had the same kind of relationships and demands of those relationships, and I mean, in a good way, like more like responsibilities within the relationship, I wouldn't have had time to do to do the deep counseling work that I've been doing in the yes, last year and a half. Yeah. Like the Lord knows. I didn't know that mm-hmm. that was about to occur. And so I'm feeling this, this like extra space in my life and in my schedule. And I think that those are the times that instead of fighting it and trying to shove something into it, like a square peg in a round hole is to just go, Lord, what would you like to fill this space with? you know, the desires of my heart, you know what I need, you know, where you want to bring me, like, what, how do you want to provide for me? And I don't think we often think about it in terms like, like that, like, we're not really looking to divine providence, like enough in our life, Mm -hmm. we just try to like, figure it out and manage it and shuffle the pieces around, you know, to build this situation or life that we want, instead of just saying, Lord, how would you like to provide, you know, for this space, for this need, for this desire, for this hope, for Mm -hmm. this unmet thing that's happening in my life right Mm -hmm. now and and trust that he will, that he knows, and it may be uncomfortable. It may stretch us in, into places Mm -hmm. that we would not have, would not go on our own. It's so interesting you say that, Heather, because I've been praying more about that, just like as the Lord just unveils and uncovers just unmet needs that in my life, and I identify them and I'm aware of them, that the Lord just me bringing them when I have solitude with the Lord. I realize, like I was even praying about that and there's the scriptures, you know, I meet all your needs according to my glorious riches. It's in visions. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I was praying with that. And the Lord's like, Michelle, all. When scripture says all, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. he doesn't hold back all your needs, like come to me with your needs. But when I go to the Lord, first and foremost, have my needs met, then I don't look upon other people to fill my cup. The Lord has filled my cup. And so then it is more a reciprocal giving and taking Mm -hmm. of other people, especially my husband, you know, to, you know, to fill these needs. And so it's a give and take, you know, it's a very reciprocal. It's a very, Mm -hmm. just a beautiful communion you know, that comes about because I've gone to the Lord first in that solitude and then come into relationship with Chris or whoever it is, you know, there's a beautiful thing. It keeps your expectations mm-hmm. of others rightly yes. ordered when you're so coming true. to the Lord first, because when you come into deep, deep friendship and intimacy with God, he is filling so many places that no one else can fill. And I, I know we mm-hmm. know that in our minds, but I mean, the actual lived experience of that, like, wow, Lord. I've never been loved like this. I've never actually had someone receive all the love that I wanted to give. I've never actually been unafraid Mm, to love someone to the level that I love Mm -hmm. you because I trust you now that you're not going to bail on me and you're not going to hurt me and you're not going to disappoint me and abandon me. So I can love you in a way that I'm like, I'm like free to love, which then extends into our other relationships. You know, like now I'm bringing a solid place to these relationships from which to love from. Right. Oh gosh, that's so true. And that's that's our loves ordered. Like those are the rightly ordered loves that the Lord is always about our purification and yeah, about ordering those places. And I was thinking this week, Michelle, last season you mentioned in one of the podcasts of 
one of your friends had shared with you the kind of like the wise saying that our unmet needs of childhood become the demands of adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and was a mic like, drop, man. That was good. Yeah, I, I have just thought about that so much. And like, where are the demands that I'm putting on other people that are really, and sometimes they're not, they're even like, they're covert demands. Like, and it's the, the expectations we have of other people that really just are just, like we said, resentments waiting to happen. And then I'm upset because you're not loving me the way that I want to be mm-hmm. loved. And I'm putting this expectation on you or, or demand, whether it's spoken or unspoken, and that it just breeds resentment or bitterness or rumination or all, all of those things that come from these deep, helpless, like unmet needs. And so going to the Lord and being honest about what we need and going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, you know, I need this. I need affirmation or I need to know that I belong here or that I'm, that you see me, that you care for me. That's really important because other people can mirror that to us and they can give it to us to a certain extent. But like you love, so you love to quote Heather Catechism 239, like no one is father as God is father. There's no, there's nobody, the, the best spouse in the world cannot fill the deepest places within us or the best children or the best job or the best religious community or only God can do that. And so when we have our loves ordered like that, then then we can love, like you're saying, mm-hmm. we can love people and we can receive love with the proper expectations instead of having them be out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes that's such a human, normal human experience to like come into a relationship and to feel ourselves want to grasp after something from mm-hmm. them that you know that it won't satisfy it, but it really sounds good. And you really do want it from that person, whatever it might be. And then we either have two reactions, either we just keep grasping after it until we get it and almost like squelch mm-hmm. like the goodness that's there in the relationship, yeah. like suffocate it. Or we are embarrassed and shame ourselves, you know, go into a spiral of shame because we had a need that we were wanting from somewhere like, oh, I'm so bad. I shouldn't want that. I should come to Jesus. So to be able to in the moment, just say, oh, Jesus, do you see me here? Like, I, this is something I've been doing, especially this last year. I'm like, oh, Lord, you see this part that I'm like really wanting this from this person, like to be seen here. Will you look at me here? Will you see this place here? And I'm just going to hold both my desire and my request to you, like my desire for, for this person, but my actual request to you, can you just love me here? I'm so little, but, but to not sh- it turn into shame, you know, and embarrassment, yes. you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that paralyzes us. And also to have the maturity and prudence to discover like, okay, in relationships and within community to be able to voice, Hey, the, if you could do this, this would be loving me really well. This is what I need. You know, yes. like I realized like yep. after mm-hmm. how many years of marriage, mm-hmm. like my husband does not read my mind. Oh man, that just made me uncomfortable when you said that. I'm like, oh, yes, so hard to do. You know, it does because you're like, I really like the appropriate question. Like I told Chris, I need you to ask me about the certain things. Like mm-hmm. he's like, well, what, if you, honey, if you want to tell me, just volunteer the information. I'm like, no, by you asking, I feel more pursued. So if you, do you mind, can you just please ask me? And then he's like, sure, not a big deal. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. the people in our life are not mind readers. No, yeah. yeah. Like even telling my children certain things like, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel like you see me. Like I'm not the invisible mom or the maid. Mm-hmm. These are the some things, but it is, Heather, because it's kind of vulnerable. Not kind of, it is vulnerable. Very vulnerable. It's when very you're asking vulnerable. because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm putting my needs out there. And so, but mm-hmm. like if you put them out there in freedom, like, this is a great way. But like, if someone tells me, like, Heather, if you tell me or sister or even Chris, like, hey, when you do this, this makes me feel love. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Like, we want to. Like, the you know, we want to meet other people's needs. Like, that is something that we love. And I just realized more and more, like, God has so many different love languages, the way he loves us and meet us, our needs. And I was thinking, and Satan's languages are just fear and shame. You know, like, he just, he doesn't yeah. have multiple love languages. He only has languages of fear and shame. 
And so when I'm thinking Mm -hmm. where I'm fearful or shameful of relationships, I'm like, okay, God's not in this. Like there's something deeper that is going on. Like I need to pay attention to that. Like Mm -hmm. I need to hear God's voice in this. Like how is he trying to repair or redeem or show me truth in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Because if I approach a certain relationship with fear or something, I was like, right, you're not the Lord of fear. So what is going on here? You know, and ask the deeper questions, you know, why am I afraid? Why do I feel shameful about bringing this to a person? Where's your love and repair in this relationship? So I've learned for me, one of my biggest barriers in relationships is I don't want to feel like a burden. Mm -hmm. And that is like my kryptonite. If I feel like I might be a burden, I just, I just pull away. I don't, I don't want to do that. And that has a very deep root that I understand now about my own story. I'm like, oh, that makes sense given all that data. But that doesn't mean that now is like the label that I put on and I keep operating that way. You know, like I have to learn that, no, I'm, I'm not a burden and having emotional needs is, is not being a burden. And Mm -hmm. people actually, there are certain, not everybody is meant to meet me there, you know, in the needs that I have, but there are enough people that I, that we do have a trusted, loving relationship that I need to trust. They would want to meet me there and it wouldn't be a burden Mm -hmm. to them. And that's a total mind shift. Like this is deep, deep work, you know, that has to be done. But those stumbling blocks, which often can sound like a good thing, like, no, I just don't want to burden anybody. That sounds really good and almost loving. You can put it in your mind of like, no, I'm being really sacrificial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's an unhealthy behavior that is inhibiting love and bonding to occur and and reception, receiving, like having a receptive heart. Those are such great points that you both make. And I think it's true. Every human person has that fear of I think some, for for a lot of people, the worst fear is like, oh, I don't want to be seen as needy. Like, I don't want to be seen as needy or I don't want to be seen as burden. And and many times we're prided if we don't have any needs. How many times do you hear parents talk about their children? Oh, he's, they're so independent. They're so easy. Like, they just don't need yeah. anything. They're, yeah, they're such an easy baby. So independent. You know, he just didn't need any help even <laughs> tying his shoes. And and you just kind of wonder. Yeah, it's like it's that's kind of promoted as like healthy behavior, but they're little kids and little kids have needs. And so I know I see to myself, we grow up and kind of like, well, if I just don't have any needs here and if I don't express my needs to you, then you can't reject me or then I can't be a burden and then I'm going to figure out what you want and I'm going to help. And oh my gosh, like you both are saying, it's such a profound way of conversion and transformation in the Lord of like, actually, that's not how it works. So it's not the other extreme either of like, you made me feel this and you need to do this for me. And I, but it's like, when we can, when we can, it's not every relationship is safe enough, but to the degree we can like, Hey, when you, when you do this, this is what happens in me, in me, or if I really love, I really love when you sit next to me and have coffee in the morning. So I just want to throw that out there too. That's really helpful. That's really a great blessing to me. And just, then we lay it at somebody else's feet and maybe they can respond, maybe they can't, but it takes all the like dynamic tension out of that and not expecting other people to read our minds, but also not putting on impossible burdens on them. And also getting clear about what we need too. Like we talked about before, the expressing the longings can be some of the deepest fears we have. Yeah. And and I think letting people know those types of things can actually deeply bless them. Yes. I yes. remember reading something from Kierkegaard when I was young and he was like, those things that get stirred in you, those positive emotions or whatever, they don't belong to you. They belong to the one who has, mm-hmm. who has stirred them. So there's mm-hmm. something about telling people the way that they are blessing you and loving you is actually very affirming oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to them as well. It's a gift that you can give to them. Amen. Mm-hmm. And when they're hurting us too, if that's safe too, of like to be like, hey, this is really hurtful for me. Maybe you don't understand that, but this dynamic is very hurtful for me. And sometimes we don't know, like we don't know what mm-hmm. we don't know. You know? That's and, beautiful. Yeah. So, so true. So the dynamic tension, friends. Yep. Living yeah. in the tension. That's good. 
Anything else we want to, there's a million things I know we could say, but anything else for our episode today that we want to include in our discussion about solitude and community? No, I think as this episode airs, we are right before Lent. So it is a beautiful time to Mm -hmm. plan solitude. Like sometimes solitude just doesn't happen, people. Sometimes you have to plan some solitude, Mm -hmm. to plan some solitude, and to plan some things that are communal, that are life-giving. You know, I think those are two good things. Or is there someone in your life that you need to voice a need in a very inviting way? Not like sister said, like, you need to do this for me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how something that we can be in communion together with. So Mm -hmm. that's great. Michelle, I'm glad that you brought up Lent because it'd be great if you could just talk about our Lent book study for a second and what we chose. Mm -hmm. I know we've, we've sent it out on our social media and our emails, but just in case you haven't heard, we'd love you to join us. So we are doing a Lenten study. It is a devotional by Mother Mary Frances, and she is a poor Claire, was a poor Claire sister who passed away, but her writing is very prophetic and prolific, but beautiful. I think she has such a beautiful voice where, first of all, she has beautiful prose. The way she writes is stunning, but where she invites you into the deep mysteries of the church in such a profound way, but yet they're very accessible to your heart and they're very transformational to your heart. And Sister Miriam, you've actually been to her convent, haven't you? Yes. In Roswell, Mm. New Mexico. Yeah. They're lovely. So shout out to the poor Claire's down there. They're just such a beautiful community. And yeah, that's such a beautiful way of life to those who are called. But I think women like that, their prayers sustain the world, the contemplatives of the world. They're sustaining. (laughs) It's the reason why we still exist, Lord, because of contemplative nuns. Yeah, They are the warriors. And so so, yeah, so the Holy Spirit just really illuminated this book for us to do for our Lenten study. And I'm really excited. But her writings have meant a lot to me over the last two years, three years. I really feel like not only is she, Mother Mary Francis, a gift to the church, but I think she'll be a gift to us and to mother our hearts this Lent in a way that they need to be mothered. So, yes. Amen. Well, Heather, would you like to share with our listeners your one thing for the week? Yes. So when I was at Seek, I got to meet the owner, our one of our sponsors from the January Jane shop, and she gave me her new book called Humans of Heaven. You guys, oh. it's like, I feel like it's like a family album of saints. <laughs> That's oh, what it wow. sort of feels like when you read it. It's just beautiful the way it's laid out. It's so simple, like the cover, which I love the simplicity of, of a book cover like that. But I love that book. And so I'm really grateful for it. So it, you can find it at the January Jane shop. And it's really beautiful. You've seen some, maybe some of her Polaroid type pictures of saints when they were younger. And so those are spread all throughout the book with different captions about the saints. So I love that. Michelle, how about you? My one thing is actually what we're talking about. Sister and I are recording right now and we're at our good friend's the O'Grady's Beach House for a little solitude and a little communion for a day or two. So <laughs> a little football. Yeah, and some football mm-hmm. playoffs, so NFL playoffs. So just excited to have this time away. The only thing that would make it better is if Heather was here also. So Aww, in that's very but I am so glad that you guys are together. Yes, thank in you. In my absence. But one of our Canadian days. friend, therefore, is far, far away. So anyway. She has not flown south for the winter. <laughs> Stuck in an ice storm. I yeah, was, she's not flown south. Yeah, yeah no, and I'm ready to. We, it is a frozen tundra here, and normally it's not. I know people think all of Canada is like that, but it is seriously. We are having the worst storm, so I wish I could whisk myself away to your sunny little Florida. But not yet. Not yet. 
you are here in our hearts. Thank so. you, friends. Uh, my one thing for the week is a book that after we released our word of the year that Michelle sent me, which is an oldie but a goodie, but it's been re kind of reversioned, which is Heinz Feet on High Places. But it's been redone with watercolors and like beautiful it. little photographs. And it lo- it looks like a photo album itself. So it's much bigger. And oh. it's just beautiful. Yeah, it just the, the scripture verses are like have these watercolor, you know, reimaginings. And that's another book that I had not read since I was a novice. And I started to read it. I was I don't remember it being like that. And I was profoundly mistaken on some of the plot of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this whole time I re- remember reading it and it was good, but I, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so I can't tell you, I read a little bit each night before I go to bed and it's, I can see myself as much afraid in so many different ways and all the adventures that she has. And it's so well done. Like what a brilliant, what a, what a brilliant way of telling the story of, of salvation, of healing, of growth, of restoration. So I would highly recommend it. It's just a great book. Yeah. And it's just the way it's been redone is, is so lovely. Mm -hmm. Nice. When you get older again, you can start reading fairy tales. Fairy tales. I know. One day, one day, one day. Well, thank you so much to your friends for joining us. And we hope that this week you find a little bit of solitude and a little bit of community and that Lord speak to you in both. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review. We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.